Hey y'all, it's Carmen. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. The day this episode premieres, it will be December 30th, 2020. Two days left in a year that many would like to see leave. A good riddance situation. Some have lost so much this year. We have all seen, quote, life as we knew it fly out just as quickly as the coronavirus flew in. I am ready to see the life come back into people's eyes. I'm ready to open the front door of my home to family and friends. I'm ready to go out with my husband and eat at a nice restaurant. But in spite of all these desires to get back to quote normal, I have found contentment with where I am. I know that this year was all part of God's plan in plenty or in want. We will all definitely look back on 2020 and not be so quick to forget it. Much like the men affected by the year of our Lord's birth, we will see today how a supernatural event changed not just their year, but their eternity. So are you ready for another childhood Christmas memory? I hope so. This is a good one. So when we, my sisters and I, were children, on Christmas Eve, we would load up in the car with our parents, and they would make the special trip to a town about 30 miles away from our home to where the nearest JCPenney was located. They had ordered Christmas presents from the JCPenney Christmas catalog, and like was their nature, they waited to the last minute to go and pick them up. We would go out to eat, usually at Captain D's, because that is where my dad wanted to eat, And then we would go down the street to the, quote, mall, and I use that term loosely, to where the JCPenney was located. There my parents would try and get the gifts in the trunk of the car without us seeing them, knowing that we had a gift or two in the batch. Anyway, I tell you that story because my parents made the trek each year to get us girls Christmas gifts because they were motivated by love. We were curious as to what the gifts were and who got what. Much like the people in the scripture today, love motivated a holy God to make the trek to earth. Curiosity motivated the wise men to make the trek to find the Messiah in Bethlehem by the way of Jerusalem. Let's jump right into the scripture. God has so much in store for us today. Matthew 2 1 through 12 is where we will be introduced to the wise men. Let's look at it. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for that is what the prophet has written. Quote, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out From them, the exact time the star had appeared, he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, 
and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. What's so radical about these scriptures as it pertains to God coming to earth as Jesus, motivated by love to change our eternities? Here are a few things I got from this passage. Number one, God sent a star to communicate to the wise men. They were also known as magi, improbable that these men were of academia or science, nature and knowledge. The star was the perfect alignment, scholars say, of Jupiter, Saturn, and Mars. Only the creator that hung the stars in the sky and called them by name could do this miracle. I imagine God calling Jupiter, Saturn, and Mars together for a team meeting and saying, Okay, guys, I'm going to need you to get in a perfect line and shine as bright as you can during this time. These gentlemen whose hearts are leaning towards me need to know that I came to earth to change their lives and their eternities. Let's rock their world. Now, maybe that is my overactive imagination going off the rails, but maybe not. All creation, as scripture tells us, declares the glory of God and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. That's in Psalm 19.1. This star, according to verse 2, is Jesus's star. Along those lines, Colossians 1.16 tells us that all things were created by him and for him. It was this star's purpose and privilege to shine for this special event. It was the symbol of God's grace being communicated to these wise men. They were men of science, so a star shining brighter than any other in the sky would have been speaking their language. Not only was there a star, Jesus was the star. Numbers 24:17 tells us that Jesus was the star coming out of Jacob. Much like the star guided the wise men to where Jesus was, Jesus was the star that guides a fallen humanity to where the Father is. Number two, the wise men and their choice was very radical. These were men from faraway countries, foreigners to Israel, Gentiles who were given an opportunity to encounter the Savior of the world. They were educated and affluent. They did not, quote, need a Savior. From an outside looking in, these men had everything they would need and ever need in life. And yet they were searching for more. Something in their lives was missing. It had to have been for them to come from so far away. It seems to me that their hearts were already bending to the Savior. They packed gifts before they left their home. They had every intention of bringing their treasures and leaving them at the feet of the King of the Jews. Now, in comparison, Herod and the priests and teachers had the same opportunity. They could have saddled their camels, donkeys, or chariots and gone with the wise men, but they chose to stay in the comforts of Jerusalem and the comforts of their position. If I could give the Jewish leaders a name, I would call them the, quote, unwise men. They made a poor choice that day. 
They could have gone to Bethlehem. They could have taken their treasures and bowed their hearts and knees to the King of Kings. Instead, they stayed put. They knew what Scripture said about the Messiah. They knew the prophecy. Yet this new development of the star did nothing to compel them or stir their hearts to action. Herod, on the other hand, did not choose poorly when presented with an opportunity to experience divinity. He sought to do harm and evil to the newborn Messiah. The scripture tells us Herod was disturbed. He was agitated. Picture Herod's mind as a washing machine and this new knowledge of a born rightful heir to the Jewish throne was the agitator of the machine that tore up his heart and mind. Both so dark that this light that had come into the world stirred his very being. In spite of this, he said no to God's radical arrival. He said no to a changed eternity. The religious leaders said no also. Joining the ranks of those who have already believed in Jesus, here stand the wise men ready to offer their treasures to him. That leads me to number three, the gifts. Gold, frankincense, myrrh. Each one represents a different aspect of Jesus's life, death, and eternal existence. Gold was given to him for his kingship. Frankincense given to him for his priesthood. Myrrh given to him for his death and burial. As I was studying these scriptures this past week, God impressed upon me that these men could open their hands and sacrifice their treasures because they had already opened their hearts to the grace God was extending to them. These very important men put their position, social class, and affluentness aside and recognized a greater ruler had arrived on the scene. That is a heart posture that was reflected in their physical posture. If we were to speak of their gifts in monetary terms, which is hard to accurately pin down the specific amount of these treasures, we might be looking at tens of millions of dollars in value by today's standards. This was no, quote, throw some leftover change in the offering plate scenario. This was sacrificial giving at its best, extraordinary giving that cost these men so much. What does all of this mean for us as we sit in the final days of 2020? What can we learn from these wise men? How can we experience God's grace in the midst of a season of darkness and unknowns? Number one, God still communicates to his people through surprising ways. Be open to look up as the wise men did and see God's message to you, his child. The message of hope and grace that was communicated on that first Christmas is the same message that is communicated this Christmas. Jesus is the one we are to look to. He is the bright star shining a bright light in today's darkness. Hebrews 12:2 tells us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of the faith. This means he is worthy of our attention as we live this life because he lived it as well and he lived it perfectly. And he was the creator of this thing we call faith. Number two, once God communicates with you, as he did with the wise men, choose faith, choose to move. Don't stay in your comforts, fears, or agitations. Seek the God who is calling you out of what you are used to for something so much better, better than anything we could ask or imagine. 
Number three, you may not have precious metals or rare oil that amount to lots of money, but you do have something in common with the wise men. You have your heart. Kneel your heart's knees to the Savior worthy of the sacrifice. Say to your Savior, here I am, you can have it all. Romans 12:1 tells us to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. Jesus wants nothing more than our hearts. The crazy thing is, when our hearts are open to offering Jesus whatever He asks, we can open our hands with no reservations. Bold generosity with no regrets. So what now? Let God change your eternity through experiencing the grace of the radical arrival of His Son. We can do radical things and experience radical things when we open our hearts to a radical God who loves us radically. Radical surrender, radical availability, radical worship, radical faith. It sounds a lot better than anything that I can come up with. What do you think? Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for the lessons that we can learn from the wise men. These men who were not part of your chosen people, but yet you called them out of a foreign land and you brought them home to your son. I pray that you would do that to those that are listening today, that you would do that for me. God, maybe I've put myself in a, quote, foreign mindset or a foreign object of my affection. God, I pray that you would draw us out of those foreign lands and bring us home. God, speak to us in surprising and radical ways. And when you do, may we be obedient. May we love you as you have loved us. May we sacrifice our lives, our hearts, our treasures for you. God, as we say goodbye to 2020, pray that we would carry the lessons that we have learned this year into the next and help us to look back and remember how you have loved us, how you have carried us through, and how your grace has been sufficient each and every day. We thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection. For without any of those events, we could not come to you and look forward to a future with you in heaven. I ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I hope that this discussion has encouraged you. If so, please share with a friend, subscribe to this podcast, and leave a review if you have some time. Meet me back here next week for our first episode of 2021. Two more people we will visit whose lives were changed by the radical arrival of God, experiencing His grace in the midst of their last days on earth. Remember that you can access this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and now available on Amazon. You can also access Let's Be Real and other podcasts through the Kingdom Rock Podcast Network by visiting www.kingdomrock.org. This has been Carmen. Go be real. The world needs to see it. Happy New Year. See you in 2021.